And welcome to another exciting episode of the Branding for Entertainers podcast, where we talk about your visual, verbal, and virtual branding. Hello, hello. I'm your host, Billy Diamond. In the entertainment world, it's really easy to get caught up in this cycle of relentless marketing and selling, but there's a fine line between promoting your craft and overwhelming your audience with a barrage of promotional efforts. So remember this, marketing is the act of selling, whereas branding revolves around cultivating relationships and shaping your audience's perception of you. In today's episode, we'll be addressing a common challenge faced by performers and entertainers just like you, and it's a vital topic for every entertainer out there, and that is this, it's the art of avoiding excessive promotion during your live shows. So we'll explore some strategies and some insights on how to walk that tightrope gracefully and ensuring that your live performances remain genuine, engaging, and absolutely free from the trap of being overly promotional. So buckle up for a conversation that could perhaps reshape the way you approach your live shows. Let's do this. As a young boy, I sat in the living room of my neighbor's weekend cabin. I would carefully slip in through an unlocked window nearly every week, totally unnoticed and unscathed. For me, it was just another day of skipping school. I visited that cabin a lot since the neighbor seemed to only use it on the weekends, and I figured, well, I might as well get the use out of it that it deserved. While I was rarely ever at school, my eagerness for learning didn't stop. I would turn on the old AM-FM radio and adjust the dial. With my eyes wide and my ears attuned, I would sit listening to the captivating voice of Paul Harvey. Hello, Americans. This is Paul Harvey. Paul Harvey, a legendary broadcaster with a distinctive cadence, was more than just a voice. He was a storyteller who wove tales with intrigue and wisdom. The performer who fizzled so dismally in 1956, Johnny Carson. And now you know the rest of the story. His narratives were a blend of history, mystery, and the profound. Always concluding with a surprising twist that left me hanging on his every single word. Paul Harvey, good day. In those moments, the world actually seemed to pause. And the magic of storytelling unfolded through Paul Harvey's voice. Listening to Paul Harvey was more than just a pastime for me. It was an education. He taught me about the power of storytelling, the importance of seeking out the truth behind every headline, and the beauty of the human spirit. His stories continue to inspire me today, reminding me that there is always more to the story than meets the eye. In a moment, you're going to know the rest of the story. Hello, Americans. This is Paul Harvey, a voice from the past. When he was just a young teenager, Billy Diamond used to tune in to a local radio station in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, where he would listen to me. I can't recall the station's call letters. That was many years ago. Today, I would like to assist Billy in sharing with you the story of Max the Comedian and the dangers that come with excessive branding. You'll want to listen to the full broadcast, because by the end, Billy will have taught you some great tips to help you keep your show from looking overly promotional. Now, 
Here's the story of Max the Comedian. And now, dear listeners. Let me take you back to the story of Max, the comedian who found himself entangled in the perils of overbranding. A cautionary tale in a world where self-promotion walks a fine line between success and a tumble into the abyss. As Max stood there, the stage cluttered with banners bearing his face, phone number, and every social media link imaginable. The atmosphere began to suffocate. It was as if the very essence of the performance had been hijacked by a relentless marketing campaign. The custom-made t-shirts with Max's face adorned not only the merchandise table, but also some of the audience members who had been coerced into becoming walking billboards. The once-intimate comedy club was now a shrine to Max's self-promotion, with the audience caught in a bombardment of shameless branding. Max, blinded by his desire for recognition, even integrated shameless plugs seamlessly into his jokes. The punchlines became secondary to shameless self-promotion, leaving the audience bewildered and disconnected. Laughter, once a genuine expression of joy, now felt forced, like a contractional obligation to validate Max's overinflated ego. The Rise of Self-Promotion In today's world, self-promotion is essential for any artist or performer who wants to be successful. It helps to create buzz and generate interest in one's work. However, it's important to do so in a way that is authentic and respectful of the audience. Max had clearly crossed the line between effective self-promotion and overbranding. His relentless marketing campaign had overshadowed his talent and alienated his audience. He had forgotten that the true purpose of art is to connect with people on an emotional level, not just sell them something. Enter Slick Rick, the marketing guru. Max's overbranding took a turn for the worse when he met a marketing guru named Slick Rick. Rick, with his slick suits and silver tongue, convinced Max that the key to success was to promote himself at every opportunity. This meant developing a social media presence and all kinds of email campaigns and also buying into programs and coaching. And he convinced him to use every marketing channel available to get his name out there. Rick helped Max design a website and launched the social media campaigns, and he even convinced Max to start giving away free merchandise like t-shirts with Max's face on them. At first, Max's self-promotion seemed to be working, and he gained a following on social media, and his website traffic actually increased. But soon, Max began to notice a change in his audience. They were no longer laughing at his jokes, and they were rolling their eyes and whispering to each other. It was because Max had become disingenuous in his look and how he communicated with his audience. But there was a road to redemption. Oh, yes. Max realized that his relentless self-promotion was actually backfiring. He was so focused on promoting himself that he had forgotten about the art itself. His jokes had become stale and unfunny, and his audience was losing interest. Desperate to salvage his career, Max sought out the help of a wise old comedian named Harry. 
Harry, with his years of experience and genuine love for comedy, took Max under his wing. He taught Max that true success came from connecting with the audience, not promoting oneself from the stage. Under Harry's guidance, Max began to focus on his craft. He wrote new jokes, worked on his delivery, and he rediscovered his passion for comedy. He worked on rebranding himself, and he also stopped relying on Rick's self-absorbed marketing advice. The Rebirth of Max With Harry's help, Max rediscovered the true art of comedy, one that thrives on authenticity, connection, and the shared experience of laughter. He learned to let humor shine through without the need of external validation. Max's new approach actually resonated with audiences. They laughed not at Max's self-promotion, but actually at his jokes, his wit, and his genuine love for comedy. Max's redemption was complete. He had learned the hard way that true success comes from being true to oneself and one's art. He shed the shackles of overbranding and embraced the power of genuine connection. The Importance of Balance Self-promotion is an important tool for any artist or performer, but it's essential to use it responsibly. Overpromotion can lead to alienation and failure, while too little promotion can make it difficult to stand out from the crowd. The key is to find a balance between the two. Max had learned the hard way the importance of this balance. He had once been so focused on self-promotion that he had forgotten about the art itself. But with the help of his mentor, he had rediscovered the true power of comedy and found his own unique voice. He scaled his self-promotion back to create a wonderful and unique brand. Max's tale was a reminder that self-promotion, like anything else, can be taken too far. It's important to find balance between promoting oneself and letting one's work speak for itself. So you've got this incredible live show, full of energy, passion, and of course your unique talent, but how do you share it with the world without bombarding your audience with relentless self-promotion? Certainly, let me express my viewpoint clearly. I'm not advocating against branding or promotion. I mean, after all, I specialize in branding entertainers. It's what I do. What I'm truly trying to emphasize is the need for balance. In the context of live shows, overbranding can happen when the experience becomes so oversaturated with your brand's logos, messaging, phone numbers, websites, things like that, or you're promoting your live show to the extent that it overshadows the actual performance itself. While promoting your brand and establishing identity is crucial, there really exists a delicate distinction between subtle branding and oversaturation. Let's do this. Let's break it down. First things first, finding the right balance is key. It's essential to promote your live show, but you really don't want your audience feeling like they're trapped in this never-ending advertisement. So how do you strike that balance and avoid overbranding your live show? Uh, here are just a few tips. Number one, you really need to focus on the performance. Because remember this, the primary purpose of your live show is to entertain, engage, and deliver a memorable experience for your audience. Don't let your branding efforts distract from the core elements of your performance. Two, 
branding should be seamless. In other words, integrate your branding elements into the overall flow of the show in a way that really feels natural and organic and avoid interrupting the performance with excessive promotional messages or logo placements. Three, let your work speak for itself. Your brand should be an extension of your talent and the quality of your performance. And if your show is truly captivating, your audience will absolutely and naturally gravitate towards your brand without the need for those consistent or constant reminders. Four, subtlety is key. Let me say that again. Subtlety is key. Instead of plastering your logos everywhere, or I don't have a problem as much with the logo as much as I have with people posting or plastering their things with a phone number and uh, social media handles and their website. But do this. Opt for more subtle branding cues, such as incorporating your brand colors or design elements into the stage setup and costuming or props. Because when people think of branding, they usually just think of logos, but there's so much more to it again than that. And that is here again, you can do that with the colors and the elements within your stage setup and your costuming and your props with color branding and even sound branding. Here again, this whole podcast is about visual, verbal, and virtual branding. And so I want you to get this mindset and begin to understand this mindset that it goes above and beyond just a logo. Five, use branding strategically. Identify key moments or touch points during the show where branding can effectively enhance the experience without overwhelming the audience. Point number six. Balance branding and the live show experience. What does that mean? Well, this is an example that I think it's important that some performers just don't think about, but it's really crucial. They cross markets. So maybe they do a corporate show, they do a family show, they do birthday parties, weddings, whatever. So maybe they have this big curve where it's very vast. So it's really important to keep your branding efforts really proportionate to the overall scale and the complexity or the lack thereof of that live show. So for example, a smaller or more intimate performance may require less overt branding than of course a larger uh, theater type show, right? So that balance in branding for the live show experience is something to definitely think about. You don't want to overcomplicate a very small venue with a lot of branding, because a little will go a long way. But on a larger stage, that could be fine. So that's something to think about as you're putting shows together and crossing over into different venues and different markets. When I say that authenticity matters, it's something that I talk with people about all the time because it's a number one factor in branding, and that's to be 100% authentic with who you are and what you do and how that perception relates to your audience and to your buyer. Today's audiences can spot authenticity from a mile away, so don't be afraid to show the real you, the person behind the entertainer. And I encourage you to share your passions, your struggles, and the journey that led you to the moment you're at right now as an entertainer. Authenticity really does this. It builds connection. 
And a genuine connection with your audience is far more valuable than any flashy promotion. Believe me. So engage with your audience. Build a connection with your audience through genuine interactions and engagement. And I promise you, this will create a lasting impression that goes beyond mere branding. Here's a tip. Rather than trying to sell your next show from the stage, prioritize authenticity. Let your true personality and passion shine through in your performance. Yes, do that. Let it shine. Your audience will actually appreciate your authenticity, which will ultimately strengthen your brand. I can promise you that. So remember, your brand is not just a logo. It's not just a tagline. It's the combination of your talent, your personality, and the experience that you create for that audience that you're in front of. By striking the right balance between branding and performance, I can assure you that your live shows will leave a lasting impression that go well beyond mere promotion. And if you do it this way, I promise you're not just promoting or trying to sell your show. You're actually inviting your audience into an experience of why you're there in the first place. And that's the show. And let's not forget to really embrace creativity. Did you hear what I said? Embrace creativity. Find creative ways to incorporate your branding that really aligns with the theme, the genre, the market, and the style of your performance. And this will make your branding feel more integrated and less like an afterthought. Hey, let's talk about storytelling through promotion. Think of your promotion and live branding efforts as storytelling. I want you to do this. Think about this. Craft a narrative around your live show that captivates your audience. Comedian Mike Birbiglia, well, he's known for his personal and relatable stories about his life. And in his one-man shows and his stand-up comedy specials, they often center around his own experience and struggles, which really makes the audience feel like they're getting to know him on a personal level. I want you to notice what I just said there. They're getting to know him on a personal level level, beyond the show, and beyond any branding or promotion, yet all of that is part of his brand experience, simply by telling his story. Now, maybe you don't want to share too much of your personal life, or you're just not that kind of performer. That's okay. I just want you to think out of the box a little. Think storytelling. How could you still effectively promote yourself from stage, both visually and verbally, and without coming across as overly promotional. That's something I really want you to think about. Let me say that one more time. Think about this. How could you still effectively promote yourself from stage, both visually and verbally, yet not come across as overly promotional? Well, one of the ways that I do that here at Branding for Entertainers is I help my clients incorporate product placement type of props into their shows. And those props can tell a much better brand story than the performer can talking about how great they are because it now becomes something that is of relatability to the audience and through part of the show versus just another branded backdrop or another item. So using props and storytelling is yet another way to reach people on a very personal level 
while at the same time promoting your show and your brand. And here's the thing. When your promotion becomes a story, it becomes engaging content rather than dull and expected onstage advertising. And there you have it, folks, a guide on how you as an entertainer can keep from overbranding your live show and or looking overly promotional. Remember, it's all about finding that sweet spot, embracing your authenticity, and of course, turning your promotion into a compelling story. Now, if you could use some additional help with your branding, you can always go over to my website, brandingentertainers.com. Again, that's brandingentertainers.com and you'll find more than just countless branded products and props you'll be able to find a link there on my homepage that says get help with your brand and I provided some tools over there that I think will be very helpful to you but you're also always welcome to reach out to me personally through the contact page and we can set up a schedule and have a little chat if you'd like So if you found this particular episode to be helpful, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. That's very helpful to me uh, in this podcast journey. And as always, I want you to do me a favor. Keep shining bright, stay true to yourself, and let your talent speak louder than any promotional campaign. Until next time, this is Billy Diamond wishing you and yours a happy holiday.